Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a type of log that's so rare and valuable, people actually risk their lives looking for them, from author and TV host Kevin O'Connor. Then we'll answer a listener question about why you feel tired after you take a long trip. Let's satisfy some curiosity. When you think about buried treasure, you probably don't think about trees and lumber. And yet, deadhead logs are sought after because they could make you rich, if you're willing to risk your life for them. Today to share the story is Kevin O'Connor, host of the Emmy-winning home improvement series This Old House. He just wrapped the first season of his new podcast, Clear Story, which sheds light on the surprising stories behind our homes. And today, Kevin joins us with a brief history of deadhead logs, starting with what happened when European colonists first arrived in America hundreds of years ago. When the colonists first got here, they were looking for resources, and there were abundant resources. It was um, virgin growth forests here in this continent, um, literally a billion acres of this continent, of this country, covered in trees. And for better or for worse, we harvested them pretty aggressively throughout the 17 and 1800s. Uh, and in the process, we took some magnificent supplies, eastern white pines that were 200 feet tall, straight as an arrow, that had been growing for 100 years and were 40 feet around. We harvested them in mass, those northern forests of Minnesota that we shipped down to the Great Lakes. We clear cut them. We clear-cut them in Minnesota. We clear-cut them in Maine, New Hampshire. And in that process, because of the era, we would cut the trees down in the winter when the ground was frozen. And then we get an ox to pull them across icy and snowy paths because how else would you move them through the mud and the dirt? So you did it when the ground was slippery. You stacked them up on the banks of rivers, which were frozen. But when the spring came and the snow melted, and the rivers rose, you could float the logs from Minnesota down to Chicago or from Maine down to Boston. And you'd float them right up to the mills, which were along big rivers. You'd bring them in and you'd chop them up. And it was the heyday of timbering and logging in this country. And while millions of these things made it from the forest to the mills, um, thousands or hundreds of thousands of them got stuck along the way. And they went to the bottom of rivers. And there's a weird thing that happens when a piece of wood, a big tree, full size, goes to the bottom of a river. It is preserved. Like, like a, I don't know what, in formaldehyde, a frog in formaldehyde from science. They're preserved perfectly, and they sit there for hundreds of years. And now, with the virgin forests all gone, all this um, beautiful slow-growth timber all gone, there's only one place to get it. It's at the bottom of rivers. And there are guys who put on snorkel gear, scuba gear, and they will dive down into black, murky rivers they will ri literally list, risk their lives. You know, we talk to guys who get pinned under logs that weigh hundreds of pounds or are rushed to the hospital because they got bit by poisonous snakes trying to get this stuff. But when they get it, it's treasure. They bring it up, and it's beautiful, and it could be 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 years old. And when you slice into it, you're the first person to ever use it and see it, and it's remarkable. So it's rare. It's coveted, and if you can find it, you can sell it for a whole bunch of dough because people really, really want it. Okay, so what makes this stuff so valuable? Well, depends on who you ask. I think if you talked 
to Norm Abram, who was our master carpenter on the show, legendary carpenter. Um, he will tell you it was the beautiful and unique color of it and also the stability. You know, if the tree grew for 500 years in the forest, it grew very slowly and we know that means that the rings are closer together, which means the grain is tighter, and that gives the wood stability. And that's very difficult today because things grow very fast, and we force it, and we farm it. So he will tell you it's that unique color, the beauty, as well as the stability. I would argue with him a little bit. Um, those things certainly are incredibly important. But I think today the most important thing is it has a story. If you can sit there in your house, talking to a guest or a friend, or even if you had to sell the idea to your spouse, and you can point to this thing and say, that lumber was here when Christopher Columbus showed up. It went to the bottom of a river at the heyday of the logging industry in this country. It was pulled up by a crazy guy in a scuba tank. <laughs> and then we sliced through the cypress and carted it all the way up here to put it in the floor of this house. You got yourself a story, and you got yourself just a, an invaluable thing. That's what our houses are. They are things that make us feel comfortable. They are things that we like to show off. They are things that we like to share. And that, it, it just, it checks all the boxes, right? You're making me really want one. <laughs> Don't you want one? I do. <laughs> I could put you into a thousand-year-old piece of Cypress for, uh, you know, 80 bucks a board foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> Again, that was Kevin O'Connor. His new podcast is called Clear Story, and all 10 episodes of the first season are available for you to listen to right now. Find Clear Story wherever you listen to podcasts or look for a link in today's show notes. We got a listener question from Samuel in London who asks, Why do I get super tired after extremely long car trips or train rides? Most of the time, I'm just sitting down doing nothing or sleeping, but I still always become super tired. Can you please explain why? Great question, Samuel. As someone who falls asleep almost immediately on any long trip, I definitely know where you're coming from, Samuel. There are a lot of elements at play when you travel that can add up to that sleepy feeling. The biggest, though, is boredom. I mean, whether you're in a plane, train, or automobile, there's not a whole lot to keep you occupied on a long trip. A study in 2017 found that the same part of the brain that's responsible for motivation can also produce sleep. So when there's nothing particularly motivating around, we tend to get sleepy. That part of the brain is called the nucleus accumbens, and it's packed with receptors for a tiredness-triggering molecule called adenosine. Both caffeine and motivating stimuli can interfere with these receptors and keep you from getting sleepy. But without either of those, it's a one-way ticket to snoozeville. Studies have also found that the gentle vibrations of a vehicle are also really good at lulling us to sleep, although scientists aren't really sure why. A 2018 study from Australia had people drive in a virtual simulator that was set up on a vibration platform. It only took 15 minutes on a low vibration for the participants to show signs of drowsiness. And by 30 minutes in, staying alert took significant effort. When it comes to staying awake en route, the relaxing hum of the engine isn't doing you any favors. And of course, there are all the little things. On travel days, you probably wake up earlier than normal, eat less than nourishing food, and generally send your normal routines out of whack. You also may be dehydrated, whether from recirculated air in a plane or just forgetting to drink water in general. And studies suggest that can make you sluggish. So what should you do about it? Honestly, take a nap. 
But if you'd rather stay alert, here are a few things to try. Talk to your travel buddies to keep your mind active. Drink caffeine to fool your adenosine receptors. Just make sure to follow it with lots and lots of water. And try your best to eat healthy meals so you don't have a food coma or sugar crash to make things even worse. Thanks for your question, Samuel, and good luck. If you have a question, send it in to podcast at curiosity.com. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn about why your next relationship will probably be like your last one, how researchers could deliver life-saving drugs more effectively by tweaking your body's red blood cells, surprising things that happen to a body during pregnancy, where scientists found the oldest material on Earth, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. Deadhead logs are well-preserved underwater for a really long time, and they have this beautiful color, and they're really sturdy, but probably their true value comes from the story behind them. Yeah, I really want one. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I want furniture made from one. I don't just want a log sitting around. <laughs> I mean, I'd take a log. Okay. Fine. <laughs> this is my log. That could be cool, too. Hey, you know, move to Twin Peaks, <laughs> walk around holding it. This is my deadhead log. You can tell it's a deadhead log because it's wearing tie-dye. Mm-hmm. And the owls are not what they seem. <laughs> and I learned you get tired when you travel because of boredom, the vibrations when you travel, and getting dehydrated. A little caffeine could help. My personal recommendation, though, is a Nintendo Switch. I mean, I'm sorry, like I, I don't get bored at all. You don't get uh, you don't get carsick from that. Not remotely. Well, you're a lucky guy. I know. Today's listener question was written by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend and join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.